Let's pray for the word of God tonight before we look into it and just respond to what the Holy Spirit would want to speak to us. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for the freedom to be able to come to your house and to be able to sit under your word. God, tonight, right now, we just set every distraction aside. We open up our hearts and we say, Holy Spirit, come and speak. God, you said that your word is alive, that it moves to adjust, to correct, to bring power into our situations. So tonight, Lord, we ask that your word would not return void. We ask tonight that you would come and do what only you can do, that your voice would be the only voice that is heard in this place tonight. God, we want to honor you. We want you to be pleased, and we want to glorify and celebrate with you as we look into your word. So we ask all these things according to your name. Amen. Amen. Well, our title tonight is, I have set you as a watchman on the walls. There we go. I have set you as a watchman on the walls. One of God's greatest passions is the strength and the glory of his church. Can you say amen? God loves his church. He has established his church for a kingdom purpose and God ordained from the very beginning that his church would be strong, that it would be victorious, that it would be the place where his heart and where his eyes would permanently be set upon. Psalm 87, verse 2, The Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. Second Chronicles 7, 16 says, For now I have chosen and sanctified this house, that my name may be there forever. And my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. Matthew 16, 18, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Because of God's burning passion and love for his church, he has a plan to strengthen his church. He has a plan to fortify the gates of his church. His plan is to fortify it against the gates of hell and against the advances of the enemy. God's plan is that we, the body of Christ, the people of God, the sons and daughters, would work with him as his watchmen to fortify the gates, to fortify the walls. And in his word, he has set forth instructions. I'm so thankful for the teaching of the Lord that he does not leave us without tools. He does not leave us without the battle plan, without the information. But he has set forth instructions on how to be a watchman, that we would know how to fortify the gate of his house, the gate of our homes, the gate of our lives. God places an urgency and an importance upon us defending the walls of his house and our lives. Our spiritual enemy has devised a strategy, however, to weaken our gates, to weaken our defenses, to penetrate our defenses. God places such importance on us being the church of Jesus Christ that is strong, that is well guarded against every single attack of the enemy. We need to take heed to the word of the Lord and strengthen our position tonight as his watchmen. The purpose of the watchman throughout scripture was to secure the gates of a city so that no enemy could enter it. Our main passage tonight, if you have your Bibles, is in Isaiah chapter 62. We're going to look at verse 1 and 6 to 7. It says, For Zion's sake I will not hold my peace, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not rest, until her righteousness goes forth as brightness, and her salvation as a lamp that burns I have set watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem. 
They shall never hold their peace day or night. You who make mention of the Lord, do not keep silence. And give him no rest till he establishes and until he makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. I am so glad that the prophet Isaiah felt the heart of God. He responded to the call of God as he began to burn with a passion for God's salvation. He began to burn with a holy zeal that God would raise up a church, that God would raise up a holy people who would be ablaze with his glory. In verse 1, the prophet declared that he would not hold his peace that he would not rest. He would give his life to prayer, to the ministry of the word for the sake of the church. In the New Testament, we see the very same spirit upon the early disciples in the early church as we are told that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and prayer. Church, there is a steadfast spirit we are called as we, that we are called to as we seek to strengthen the house of God. We must labor as the prophets. We must labor as the early disciples and never be weary in our prayers. Never be weary in well-doing. Galatians 6.9 says, never be weary in the ministry of the word. Do not get weary in your call. We do it for the sake of Zion. We labor for Jesus Christ, for the strength of his house, and for the glory of God to rest on our homes according to his promise and to his word. And you know, it is interesting in Scripture to note that God never did anything. God never poured out his Spirit. God never released his mercy. He never released his salvation until he poured out a spirit of prayer on his people. The very first thing that God ever did before he moved was pour out a spirit of prayer upon his people. Verses 6 to 7, I have set watchmen on your walls. They shall never hold their peace day or night. You who make mention of the Lord, do not keep silence. Give him no rest till he establishes and makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. Let us apply this passage and understand that the Lord desires for each one of us to be set as watchmen upon the walls of his church, upon the walls of our homes, upon the walls of our hearts, the word watchman in this passage, if you look into the meaning of this word, into the interpretation of this word, there is a tremendous fullness that the Lord wants to bring into our spirit, a revelation. This word watchman is translated as this, to keep, observe, preserve, beware, wait, watch, regard, to keep guard, to give heed, to have charge of, to protect to restrain, to look narrowly, to hedge about. A watchman's main role is to take notice of the enemy's motions and to guard, to be strong. Let's look at a few principles of being a spiritual watchman tonight. Number one is elevate your vision. Elevate your vision. The familiar passage, and we could all recite it together, Proverbs 29, 18 in the King James, where there is no vision, the people perish. God is calling us to have supernatural vision, to not rely on our natural sight, but to see what he sees. There is a reason that the watchman is placed on top of the wall so that he can look down and have a greater view of the city behind him and of what lays beyond the gates. If the watchman were to just be standing on the ground amidst the common person, his vision would be diminished. It would be inhibited. 
there is a spiritual principle that the Lord wants to remind us of. We are continually told to cast our eyes heavenward, to get our eyes off of what's happening around us, but to look up, to look up, to climb the mountain, to get closer to God and to what he sees. Psalm 5, verse 3, Isaiah chapter 2. We have to elevate our vision, elevate our spirit above the natural world and the commonness, above what everybody else is saying, what everybody else sees and what everybody else is doing. God says, come up and see what I see. As you walk in this world and your eyes are seeing the circumstances, as you look upon hearts, as you look upon conversations, as you look upon choices and lifestyles around you, the Holy Spirit would say, do not let your supernatural vision rest in that world, but look up to where God sits and thrones over the earth and ask God, let me see in this world what it is that you see. In Genesis chapter 22, it is the familiar story of when God tested Abraham's faith God told Abraham that he was to offer his son Isaac as a burnt offering on one of the mountains. In this passage, it says that Abraham rose early in the morning, prepared the wood for the offering, and he began his journey. And it says that it was on the third day where it says that he lifted his eyes and he saw the place afar off. So he journeyed up the mountain. He prepared to take the knife to slay his son. When the angel stopped him and said, Abraham, do not lay your hands on the lad. And then it says right after this that he lifted his eyes and looked, and there was a ram caught in the thicket. Two times in this passage, in order for Abraham to obey the vision of the Lord, it required him to lift his eyes and look to see what the Spirit was showing him. He had to climb a physical mountain, but he had to lift his natural eyes to be able to see what it was about the situation that God wanted him to see. In 2 Samuel chapter 18, it says the watchman climbed up the wall. He lifted his eyes and he looked. And the Spirit of God would say that to us tonight. He would say, lift your eyes, awaken from your natural vision, look up. Come up to the heavenly places. Get above the commonness and what everyone else is saying and doing. It is amazing how often in Scripture the Lord called people to specifically look up, to lift their eyes and to look. And when, he did, when they did, he enabled them to see his provision. He provided their healing. He provided supernatural guidance and how to defend against the enemy that was approaching on their lives. Spirit of God told the Apostle John in Revelation 4.1, come up here and I will show you which things must take place. God wants to elevate our vision to see what he sees. Number two is correct and illuminate your vision. As a watchman, we elevate our vision. But once we do that, there may be times the Lord may be showing us in how we need to correct our vision and illuminate it. Psalm 119, verse 37, turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things and revive me in your way. In the natural, there are tools that are available to us to be able, for us to be able to have clear vision. Soldiers, for example, when they were put on watch duty, they would be required to use some type of binoculars. They would put them into focus so that they could clearly see when and where the enemy was approaching from. 
Many people don't have perfect vision in the natural, so they require prescription eyeglasses to correct their vision. One of the most important features of glasses is that they correct your vision to enable you to see clearly at every distance. Chris recently had to get progressive lenses, and they took some getting used to. There are, he gave me permission to share this just so you know. <laughs> but he explained to me that in these lenses, there are three focal points within one lens to enable him to see close up from a medium distance and then further away. When we elevate our vision to ask God to see what he sees, he requires us to be watching closely at every distance. What are the enemies that you need to guard against that are close up? perhaps right inside of your hearts? What are the enemies that might be right in front of you? They might be right inside the gate of your home, right inside the gate of the church, inside the gate of your life. What are the enemies that may be further off in the distance? There is a spiritual lens that God calls us to be watching through as his watchman. And as we elevate ourselves to be in his presence, we need to be the people of God who ask the Holy Spirit, are there any areas in which my spiritual vision needs to be corrected? Have I taken my eyes off of godly pursuits or a level of holiness in any area where my spiritual vision has become blurred, where it has become obstructed in any way? Is there any area of my godly character that became obstructed because my focus isn't where it needs to be? What is interesting about progressive lenses as well, apparently, is that within each of the three focal points, the vision area is very narrow. The prescription has to be precise for each area to be clear. And this is a principle that we can apply in the spiritual. Our natural vision must be very narrow and very precise in where we allow it to rest. We need to narrow where our natural eyes are being allowed to rest upon. There is an enemy that is looking to infiltrate the gates of your hearts, the gates of your home, the gates of your children, salvation, the gates of our spiritual inheritance, the gates of our church, so we are warned in Scripture to be as a watchman, one whose vision is corrected when it needs to be. The way that our vision can be corrected and perfectly in line with God's sight is to have it illuminated by the Holy Spirit. During the night watch especially, watchmen required a light behind them to illuminate their vision so they could see clearly in the night when the enemy and where the enemy was coming from our light church is the fire of the Holy Spirit. It is the torch of the Holy Spirit that needs to burn in the night, that needs to burn in the day upon our vision. We have to be filled with the fire of the Holy Spirit so that he can illuminate the areas that might need to be fortified, areas that the enemy is trying to infiltrate. As we keep watch, we have to ask for the fire of the Holy Spirit to illuminate our vision so that we can see any holes in the wall any gaps of compromise, any gaps of apathy, any holes of hurt or disappointments or unforgiveness where the Lord says that's where the enemy is going to shoot his arrow. You need to shore that up. You need to set your shield in place there. You need to get the wall of the fire of the Holy Spirit set in place against those areas so that the enemy cannot penetrate. 
He is urging us to correct our vision so we can be empowered. And the truth is, is that God will always see what we don't see. When we watch situations, we watch relationships, we watch the character and lifestyle of others, our natural vision can always trip us up. It is easy for us to only see the hopelessness. It is so easy in the natural for us to only see the brokenness, for us to only see the disobedience, to see the pride, for us to only see what needs to be changed. But how many know that when God looks upon the exact same situations that we look upon, he sees life he sees healing. His vision is restoration. His vision is for his power to come and raise those things which are dead back to life according to his word. It is time for us to be spiritual watchmen whose vision is in perfect alignment with God so that we can defend against these enemies and the spirits. I love the example of the prophet Ezekiel for us in this manner. When God set him in the valley of dry bones, what was the very first thing that God said to Ezekiel? He said, Ezekiel, what do you see? What do you see? For sure, Ezekiel looked around him, a valley all around him of dead and dry bones. For sure, he saw bodies that once were living but now were dead in the spirit. For sure, he saw hopelessness. For sure, this is what he saw. But God was about to infuse Ezekiel's vision with his vision, with the illumination and the fire of the Holy Spirit. You see, God showed Ezekiel a warning that day. God said, the enemy is after my people, Ezekiel. The enemy is after the spiritual life. He is after the victory. He is after them being trained and effective as my army of God. He is after them being passionate. He is after their spiritual inheritance. He is after the promises that I have set upon them. He is after their homes to cause spiritual dryness and death upon their souls. But Ezekiel, awaken. Look at these bones through my lens. This is what I want you to see by the fire of the Holy Spirit, that I am able to breathe new life. I am able to cause these bones to come back to life. I am able to cause salvation where it seems hopeless. I am able to heal these bones where it seems dry and dead. And this army will rise up. They will be the greatest spiritual army who are trained in their weapons. They will be the greatest spiritual army on this earth. This is what I want you to see. And God says that to our situations. He says, get your vision corrected and get it illuminated with the fire of the Holy Spirit for you to be able to see the situations, for you to be able to see his church that he wants to strengthen, the glory of God that he wants to place upon your home and upon your children. Can you hear the Spirit of the Lord tonight? Watch be on the lookout. Take your eyes off of whatever is blurring your spiritual vision. Get it corrected, get it illuminated so you can guard and stop every enemy at the gate. Isaiah 62 verse 1 in the Passion Translation. For Zion's sake, how can I keep silence? For Jerusalem's sake, how can I remain quiet? I will keep interceding until her righteousness breaks forth. Can you say that in your spirit tonight? That you will intercede until the righteousness of your home breaks forth 
until the righteousness of the church of God breaks forth like the blazing light of dawn and her salvation like a blazing torch. Number three tonight is patrol and pray day and night. The thing about watchmen is that they do not stay in one place. They do not stay still, but rather they have a patrol route. They have an area that they are responsible for. They are responsible for a specific people, and they need to patrol. They need to move with the Holy Spirit to ensure that they are protected. They must watch what comes into the gates as well as what goes out. So what is entering the gates, church? What is leaving the gates? Luke 6, 45, for out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Psalm 19, 14, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Patrol and pray day and night as you are watching the people that God has given you, as you are watching over your heart and the fruitfulness of your life, it is necessary to move, to walk with the Spirit. As you set yourself on the wall of God's presence to watch the people that the Lord has given you, you must use your spiritual weapons to guard and defend. You need to pray diligently and fervently so the enemies are stopped. We need to take the word of God as we move. Speak the word of God. Pick up your weapon of worship, warfare. Use these weapons that God has given to you. There will be weariness that you will need to endure. You'll need to be watching, waiting, praying, prophesying, and worshiping. I love Jesus' example and admonition to us in Matthew 26, 41. He says, watch and pray. Lest you enter into temptation, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. In the garden, on that evening, Jesus endeavored to teach his disciples this important lesson. Watch, he said. Watch for the enemy coming. Watch for the enemy within you of weakness and weariness, of discouragement. But not only watch, watch and pray. For your fervent and continual prayer is your weapon to stop those enemies. And as I was preparing for this word, I really felt the Spirit of the Lord say this so clearly. That as we patrol our area, in our watching, we can either speak life or death. As we are watching people, as we are watching conversations, as we are watching and seeing, it's so easy to see what needs to be changed, isn't it? We can be watching situations, different relationships, different people. But the Lord would say, do not watch and criticize. Do not watch and speak hopelessness. Do not watch and still harbor unforgiveness or bitterness. Do not watch and be full of unbelief, most importantly. Because church, if these are our words, then our gates are wide open and the enemy is advancing violently in our lives. We are called to live above the natural life. We are commanded to watch and pray, to pray and bless, to pray and speak life to pray and prophesy. When you see the change, when you see correction, that it might be so easy for you to see in somebody else, prophesy that into their life. We bless them. We bless the situations. We speak life into the situations. We pray and believe that God can defeat every enemy and dry soul. First Peter 4, verse 7. 
But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. Worship on the wall. Pray on the wall. Patrol and prophesy on the wall. Develop an atmosphere, a hedge, a guard of praise and the presence of God on the wall and around every gate. We need to contend with God on the wall, church. We need to contend with him. God is not displeased at our constant petitions, but we are urged, never hold your peace day or night. You who make mention of the Lord, it says, do not keep silent. Give the Lord no rest until he establishes and makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. So we contend with God day and night because that is his word. I pray that we would be a people of God who would say, we will stand, watch, day and night. We will patrol and move in power. We will contend on the wall for the praise of our homes, for the praise of the gates of this church, for the salvation on the walls of the church. We will contend in prayers. We will contend in worship warfare. We will not give up for until the strength of godly homes is produced, until our loved ones are on their knees crying out to the Lord in the name of Jesus on the wall, I declare that we will be as Moses was, who kept his hands raised, who never let them down until Amalek was defeated in the name of Jesus. And number four, the final thing tonight, just when you thought I was done. Number four, this is the final one. Sound the alarm and call to arms. Watchmen have the perfect vision of the Lord. They patrol day and night. And then there are times when they are called to sound the alarm and call to arms. Every time I hear the phrase, sound the alarm, I'm reminded of a song that Chris loves to sing around our house. It's an old song that he remembers singing from the 80s. I was way too young to remember this song, but he remembers it clearly. And we laugh when he sings the song, but watchmen, let us be awakened by these words. They rush on the city. They run on the wall. Great is the army that carries out his word. The Lord utters his voice before his army. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm in my holy mountain. Great is the army that carries out the word of the Lord. That is the word of God to us. I will no longer mock that song prophetic words and prayers that come forth from the word of God. Worship team, come please at this time. You see, part of our call as watchmen is not always just to watch and pray, but there are moments where we will be called to sound the alarm. In Ezekiel 33, he was admonished to be a watchman who sounded the trumpet, who obeyed God to warn the people that God had given to him. And you know, this may be difficult to hear, church, but let us lean into the commands of the Lord. It is our duty to warn the people that God has given to us as we stand as spiritual watchmen upon the walls of our dwelling places. When we see the enemy advancing, we must sound the alarm. We must admonish people to heed the word of the Lord. Though it may be difficult, though it may be uncomfortable, our inhibitions come upon us. Sound the alarm, church. It doesn't have to be as a blaring trumpet in their face. Hear what I'm saying. We sound the alarm with grace. We sound the alarm with the love of Jesus. 
We sound the alarm with the anointing and the spirit of the Lord as he guides and as he directs us. Numbers 10 verse 9. When you go to war in your land against the enemy who oppresses you, then you shall sound an alarm with the trumpets, and you will be remembered before the Lord your God, and you will be saved from your enemies. This is how important this act of obedience is before the Lord. We will be remembered by him. You see, eternity is all that matters. Eternity is the only thing that matters. Eternity is too important. We cannot afford to not sound the alarm. We need to sound the alarm and call the arms. So our words need to be, my son, my daughter, my loved one. The Lord is calling you to beware of the enemy that is approaching your gates. I can see a hole in your armor. And I can see clearly that the enemy is coming after your spirit. He's coming after your faith. He's coming after the promises and the call of God upon your life, and he's calling you to shore up your defenses. He's calling you to arms. He's calling you to pick up your weapons to fight and to stop the enemy of your soul from winning. Son and daughter, loved one, whoever that person is, it's time to stand with the army of God for you to be a watchman, for you to win the war for your faith and to be victorious. Our passage in Isaiah 62, it ends with verses 10 to 12. It says, Go through the gates, prepare the way for the people. Build up the highway, take out the stones, lift up a banner for the peoples the Lord has proclaimed. Say to the daughter of Zion, Surely your salvation is coming. His reward is with him. His work is before him, and they shall call them the holy people. You shall be called sought out. We need to prepare the way. Remove the stones for people. When we are watchmen who are filled with the Spirit of God, who are filled with the presence and the discernment of the Lord, He will guide us when and how to sound the alarm. Let us strengthen the army of God because when we stand on the wall, united together, strong together, our commander-in-chief will give His order and He will release His angels concerning us. I want to leave us with a couple of passages tonight. Would you close yourself in with the Lord? Allow him to speak to you about your walls. Allow him to speak to you about your weapons. Isaiah 60 says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Lift up your eyes all around and see. Violence shall no longer be heard in your land neither wasting nor destruction within your borders. We prophesy this. You shall call your walls salvation and your gates praise. Would you stand with me tonight? I am going to leave us with this final passage. It's a great verse. It says, your watchmen shall lift up their voices. With their voices they shall sing together. For they shall see eye to eye when the Lord brings back Zion. So break forth into joy. Sing together, you waste places of Jerusalem. All the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. Hallelujah, Lord. God, we stand in this place tonight. We want to respond to you. We want to respond to you as your watchman, oh God. And I pray right now that you would just begin to release 
your Holy Spirit, that you would speak into every heart, that you would speak into every mind, O oh God. What defenses need to be shored up, O oh Lord? How are you calling us to stand firmly to set our position as a watchman, O oh Lord? I pray that as we worship tonight, O oh God, that you would show us, reveal to us, stir us tonight. Let us not leave this place without responding to you tonight, O oh God, we pray. Church, let's worship. If you need prayer for anything, please come. We would love to lay our hands on you. But let's respond to the word of the Lord tonight.